Hey everyone, David here. I want to tell you about my music podcast, On Rotation. It's engaging, interactive, and insightful. Music mm-hmm. entwines with everything. It's something that always rings true to me. So when I need something to kind of root me, I can always go back to music in a sense, you know? Yeah. Join me each episode as we rotate through a number of topics and hear why it's the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Listen to On Rotation wherever you get your podcasts. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Listening or hearing music can really touch people's souls. That's your space to be like, I've been through this much and I don't have to sit back and cry about it. I'm grateful that I got to the other side. It kind of comes innate. You want to share it with other people. It's literally like my own mind speaking to me through music. You're building a community, and I think that that's the coolest thing. At the end of the day, it's not about you. It's about the music. It's about the good vibe that it brings. That's genuine connection to me. Hey everybody, what's up? What's happening? You're listening to On Rotation, the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is David. I'll be your host and lovely guide. You're currently listening to Willow, which is the debut single from the band known as the Q-Tip Bandits. That's right, you heard me right. The Q-Tip Bandits are a group that I first had the pleasure of speaking to about a year ago. Now I reconnected with its founders, Leo and Claire, to discuss the next chapter in the band's career. Who are the Q-Tip Bandits and how did you guys start? The Q-Tip Bandits, we are a collection of quirky individuals who like making sounds with each other and just want to clean your ears and steal your hearts in the process. (laughs) And how we started was we were all students at Berklee College of Music and Claire and I were the original members that met through mutual connections and friends. I remember that Claire and I met at a rehearsal for a friend who's a producer and he really wanted live instrumentation on his tracks. And so I was the guitarist for hire and Claire was the bassist for hire. And I remember being in that rehearsal space and it was like my first semester at Berkeley. It's super intimidating. There's talented people everywhere. And I'm just like, what am I doing here? Let me find my footing. Like there's a lot of natural showing off that happens because everybody's trying to like show what they got and like prove themselves at this incredible institution Mm -hmm. and I remember getting into that rehearsal and Claire just started playing this like simple three chord bass line and I was just strumming the chords along and all of a sudden it was just like I was just dancing and laughing playing this simple thing and having a good time and I feel like that's the feeling we're trying to capture with the Q-Tip Bandits. You know, that music is meant to be simple. It's meant to be appreciated and enjoyed. And of course we throw in the little flashy thing here and there. Everybody (laughs) has a little fun like showing off, but it's really meant to be something that we want people to be able to connect to and just listen to and feel good without needing to wrinkle their brain too much. 
And it sounds like you guys kind of came together very naturally. Would you say that, Claire, like through all this networking and whatnot and being at Berkeley? Yeah, I think the the story of the band is a very, it's a story of growth and development in itself. It's like we kind of, we had friends who played instruments and we just continued (laughs) to kind of collect them into our band, you know, Um, and and becoming the five piece that we are now. And we started as as a three piece with just guitar, bass and drums and after we finished recording our first single willow we were like this needs something mm-hmm. <laughs> we're like horns this needs horns and um our trumpet player macklin was best friends with a guy who lived on the floor above me in the dorms at berkeley and so he was hanging around all the time and we were we were good friends with him and always joking around with him um and he's a fantastic trumpet player and so one day leo was like hey do you want to hop on this track do you want to be in this band <laughs> And um, thankfully said yes. And that was the start of a whole, a whole other journey. Thankfully, yeah. thankfully. Yes. <laughs> and it's been quite a journey for you guys. Like, obviously, like I said, I know you guys from a year back. And I remember talking to you about the success you had with Willow. And you guys also toured a little bit. So how about all of that experience? Like, what was that like? Yeah, it's been it's been incredible. Um, we, we actually did a tour before we had any music out, which is kind of backwards uh, from like what any I feel like band advice blog will tell you <laughs> yeah um, I didn't know those existed that's cool <laughs> the band advice blog band advice yes. blog it's like you do your research like how to tour you know it's like that very <laughs> ten, thing, 10 things to know before you go on tour as a band right yeah uh, right right um <laughs> but so we we were just itching to play music for people and itching to get on the road mm-hmm. and tour and touring's always been a dream of mine, I'm sure for you as well. Yeah. Um, and so we just kind of, we hit the road on the summer of 2018, right? That was our first tour? Yeah, I think yeah. so, spring 2018. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and we did kind of like an East Coast and a little bit of a Midwest tour, kind of playing spots that we knew we had couches to sleep on that night. <laughs> and that was kind of how we based our tour. <laughs> But it kind of worked in our favor, I think, because by the time we had released Willow in early 2019, people kind of were already familiar with us. And they're like, oh, that's that band we saw play that one time at that coffee shop in Concord, New Hampshire, you know. So that got us a little bit of traction, I think, with our first single release, which was Willow. And then that enabled us to be able to have a little bit of steam to be able to tour um, Western Europe when we were over there for a study abroad program in Spain. And... uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a wild ride. Obviously, it's been like a little bit paused now with yeah. the whole pandemic and not being able to have live entertainment. But you guys did put out a project last year. And I think we talked about this when I last talked to you guys, the EP Ain't It Great. So what have you been doing since Ain't It Great? Like, how have you been keeping your creative juices flowing and that momentum going since putting out that project? I, I feel like at first it was very much like we had a tour planned, we had shows planned, and that energy really was focused into some live streams at first, and like trying to play for people and get out there in the best way that we could. And after a little while of doing that, luckily we had Plaid Dog reach out to us, their studio out in Boston right now, and they have a crowdfunding system where they find up and coming artists, people who are really starting to get their name out and they help them set up a crowdfunding campaign and put together a record. So a lot of the summer was geared toward organizing that crowdfunding campaign and also putting together our music video for Willow. 
as of late, we were working on a lot of demos, really just doing the whole idea dump. Like, let's get all the basics recorded and let's just throw every idea. No idea is a bad idea. And next month we're getting into the studio and just kind of like stripping away all the ideas that might not fit. That's exciting though. Congrats. That's awesome. Thank you. You guys must be hyped for that. Yeah. It's been, it's been a long time coming. (laughs) I think we're, we're itching to put out new music. Mm -hmm. Um, and so just to see that goal, like, you know, you see, you see the finish line there, the finish line of the start of the next chapter. (laughs) Um, so we're definitely excited to be able to get back in the studio and record some more, put out some more music. Yeah, and it's starting to come back to me because I remember you guys saying you had like music videos and trying to put some more material and eventually touring at some point. What was it like doing the Willow music video? Like, is that the first time you guys have done a music video for one of your songs? Yeah, it was. Um, and it, it was quite an interesting experience. For, I mean, first of all, because it was our first music video, but also it was filmed during a, during a pandemic. So we like we don't know what it's like to not film a music video during a pandemic. <laughs> right. Um, and so it was very like, everyone had their own designated spaces they had to kind of stay in and it was you know very strict like mask enforcement and it was like Mm -hmm. cameras are off masks are on you know that sort of thing and it's like it was an interesting experience paired with the fact that it was like 95 degrees outside and we were running around through fields and our director go 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 (laughs) Go again Ah! (laughs) (laughs) definitely something you won't forget you can put that on your band's resume Right. Like knows how to knows how to make music video during pandemic with a little dot that says can also run through fields at 95 mile or 95 degree weather. Right. (laughs) For real. (laughs) But it sounds like you had a good time. Like, do you like how it came out was the final product kind of how you imagined it? Yeah, absolutely. I I think with the initial brainstorming writing session, like we had this whole elaborate plan of like, we, we had um, Rory McLaughlin come on, who is the child actor in our video. Mm-hmm. And she was a part of a group of child actors that we reached out to because we wanted a, a kid to represent each individual band member. And it was meant to be like this, uh, the kids build a time machine or build a age machine and they all pop out as us full grown adults. And at the end, somebody takes down the machine and we were stuck in these bodies. Mm. And because of the pandemic, like understandably, a lot of parents were not comfortable with their kids being on set and just wanted the most safe, healthy environment for their child, which is completely understandable. Roy's mother is a healthcare worker. So she was kind of like plugged in and wherever she was, she was very comfortable having Rory on. And we were very grateful for that. But in a way it was like, it did not come out how we initially thought it was going to come out, mm-hmm. but we're very happy with how it did turn out. You know, it ended up being more like a Wes Anderson, where the wild things are, or Wes Anderson, Winnie the Pooh kind of story. And I'm a big fan of both of those things. And so very happy with the outcome. Yeah, I remember you saying to Leo when we talked a year ago about how a lot of those are big influences for you and how you like to depict a story and like something very creative and kind of fantasy like so would you say that's kind of what you guys were going for with this totally yeah we wanted it to have elements of magic you know elements of like really just childlike imagination and wonder mm-hmm. and kind of that <laughs> the the innocence and the 
excitement and explorative spirit that comes with this like existential questioning of like we're all here thrown here for whatever reason but we all kind of approach it at least from what I've seen the ones who find joy and purpose in life are the ones who continue to seek out that childlike imagination or that explorative spirit I love that that's awesome kind of keeping that younger energy alive and us as we get you know older <laughs> it's yeah, that it gets harder totally. to, and it gets harder to like you know keep as you get caught up in just you know day-to-day -day life working paying bills things like that like that's a really good message to send across with your music thank you For sure yeah, yeah i appreciate that <laughs> yeah and you guys have done some other stuff obviously with the pandemic and being virtual you guys actually i just saw played a virtual event for is it berkeley songwriters or something like that so what was that like yeah, we've done a good amount of, of uh, smaller scale virtual events throughout this whole time. The most recent one being um, a live stream for Berkeley Songwriter Club, which is cool because it's kind of tapped into the community that we all came from, you know, and, and kind of to be able to play for that community again is always cool, especially in the wake of not being able to play at the actual venues around the school. But the whole live stream experience is very interesting. Like we still haven't quite, I don't know if there ever will be a comparison between live and live stream but we're definitely trying to figure out ways to you know make it still engaging and, and, and still be able to interact with people in the audience mm -hmm. because yeah. it's kind of all you have right now too when you think about it you know it's gonna have to satisfy those needs of performing right For sure something that we have been doing that kind of has been bridging the void that performances um have left is we've been going uh busking a lot in the streets of boston and you know around surrounding neighborhoods and uh it, it's been really nice to be able to like connect with people even from a distance but still like you know face to face and get this immediate feedback reaction of like wow the music we're playing is making that person dance over there mm -hmm. and that's a great feeling yeah <laughs> i think we're such a live band like so much of our performance is like the goofy dancing the like coordinated dance moves all the like <laughs> shouting back and forth between the audience that over a live stream it's like we are placed in a setting where we need to connect in a more tame way we also have this much like space to move around right right so, <laughs> like oh, i can't dance i'm gonna be off screen right right <laughs> how have your fans kind of stuck with you guys through this though like have you seen a good reception from then i've talked to another artist who said the same thing like it's really hard right now to have that genuine connection with fans without the in-person component but have you noticed like your fans still kind of showing the reception that they would if they were seeing you live i think there's a natural um a natural fleetingness to the live stream world because it's like even i'm like when i see one of my favorite bands doing a live stream it's like i click i tune in for like five minutes and it's just like anything else on social media. I just keep scrolling. I find that that's the case, that we still have a response. Like people tune in and they'll comment and then they'll leave, you know, but that's, that's natural. There's no like hard feelings about that. You know, I understand the nature of it. What I'm grateful for is like this crowdfunding campaign that we did, we sent out like a thousand emails maybe. And like to have get, I think it's like 300 or 400 back of people oh who are willing to like support and like not just support with their double tapping of like a screen on Instagram, which is great, you know, that helps us out. 
but to have somebody give their money, you know, which is representation of their energy, which is representation of their time, the thing that was hard earned to support us is like that crowdfunding campaign gave me that boost of like, we haven't connected in person with so many people, but the people who want to see us do great are still out there. And that was huge for me during this time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. It was a big morale boost and just like community sense boost, I guess. Just be like, yeah, there's people out there who care. And there's people out there who continue to care throughout these tough times, especially. And we just can't wait to be able to give back to those people with this album. For real. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, that, that's all. I am so <laughs> excited to like get this record out there. I, I'm excited for like we we have a Twitch live stream coming up with Berkeley's Popular Music Institute, mm-hmm. and I'm really excited for that. I think it's worth mentioning that even for me, just to not let myself get too down about not playing live shows, it's like playing those live streams is fun. You know, it's like it's nice for the band to have a reason to get together and play the songs, and we Very get good. all the comments coming in, and it it does bring a sense of like purpose you know it, it, it is not the ideal but it's like it's on the way there yeah you know? it's uplifting absolutely yeah. yeah and another thing too with the live streams and the fact that our audience like thankfully is a little bit kind of spread out across the world is that you can now yeah. tune in you know from wherever <laughs> in the world you are um, sure. we have a friend who's out in thailand who you know has never been able to see us play live and it probably will be a while before she can before we can get her over to Thailand to play but she was able to tune in to a live stream that we had you know a few weeks ago and and that was just it's really nice to be able to have that connection also with people across the world through that format that's fucking beautiful I didn't even think of it like that until like right now when you said that there's always a silver lining to things like there's there's a good and a bad side to everything and like claire just mentioned the connectivity that we have with the live streams and social media it's it spans so much yeah (laughs) and what are you guys kind of envisioning with this album or this project that you're eventually putting together like you said earlier you have like this whole idea dump throughout all of like the past year what are some thoughts or some themes that you see maybe coming up on this project the record is called Melancholy Flowers. Okay, we got a name. That's yeah. good. <laughs> and it, it is birthed from quirkiness. It is birthed from, and this is the Easter egg. And I hope whoever comes to this podcast and hears it will continue to spread the good word. But it, it was literally just a, uh, when I was a kid, I thought melancholy was cauliflower. <laughs> okay. But I just thought like melancholy was the name for that vegetable. You're not that far off. Yeah, you know, we're pretty close. But then I kind of just combined the two and it just became melan- melancholy flowers. Uh, I see. Separate it into <laughs> what it is now of melancholy flowers. And I think the theme is definitely, so we've had a lot of people ask because we've pasted the name on our van. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so people have come up and they're like, oh, are you a, a, a funeral flower service? <laughs> Bet you weren't expecting that one to come up. Yeah, right? <laughs> Which I kind of love, you know, at first it's like, oh, oh no, I have to explain it every time. And that's fine. Right. You know, I'm about it. Anything to plug the music is cool yeah. for me. <laughs> but the, even that idea of like flowers at a funeral, it's like, how can we bring 
beauty into a space that is not necessarily beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the songs on the record have this, are, are musically uplifting and fun and lyrically thoughtful, I would mm-hmm. say. Where it's like, I can dance to the song, but if I wanted to listen to the lyrics, I can also cry if I wanted to, mm-hmm. if I was in that space. And the, the hopes is to bring a sense of joy or a sense of beauty and love that comes from a place of darkness. I think of like just the feeling of grieving mm-hmm. where it's like, I'm hurting because I love, you know, I am, there's so much goodness to be found in whatever the pain and the darkness is. Mm-hmm. And that's the theme or the, the general message. <laughs> yeah. The main concept you could say. Yeah, totally. And uh, there's a, the first single or one of the singles off the record will be called Daisy and another song off the record is Dandelion and they each represent a character you know Mm -hmm. like Daisy's like a character study of one of a imaginary person made up of a bunch of people that I've known and so is Dandelion and it's like painting this picture of we're all just these melancholy flowers these beautiful sad things just moving around the world (laughs) I was hoping that there'd be flower theme just throughout I was hoping that every song would be a different flower so that at least alludes to something but that's I like that concept that sounds really really cool and where are you at like in terms of the production process like have you just kind of written the songs gotten like a bass is it just next stages are going to be like the mixing and the editing yeah the songs they're all finished being written and like Mm. I said we've been spending a lot of time working on demos and kind of recording in our own basement before we record in the actual studio we're going to do the finished product in and because of covid our timeline has been you know continuously shifting a little further and further back but come april i think we should be able to be getting into the studio to actually start tracking the final versions of these songs Mm -hmm. wow that's not that far away like that really is coming around the corner yeah totally it must be really exciting too for you guys to get like the full band back together. Obviously you've had some live stream events together, but to actually be in a studio environment, it's probably even a whole different experience. Oh, for sure. Just having the five of us in a room together after so long is mm-hmm. so uplifting and just so like, this feels right. <laughs> Do you guys I, like keep in touch pretty frequently? Oh yeah. I, I live with the drummer and the trombonist. Okay. Gotcha. But uh, our trombone player just moved back from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So he was gone for most of the pandemic mm-hmm. and our trumpet player also lives in Boston, but he's a part of like a different pod. If there's no need for us to get together, we really don't want to risk it. But when we get together to rehearse and perform and to record and when all five of us are in a room together, there's definitely just like this buzz. That's awesome. And would you say that you guys are looking forward to most performing live once the pandemic ends? I think so. That, that, that's the thing that we're missing the most right now. It's um, we're, we're trying to think of all these different ways of how we can, you know, make it work. We're hoping to be able to do a busking tour this summer, you know, and uh, even if we can't play like live venues, at least be able to play in the streets of these different cities and still be able to play for people and play for New Year's. Um, but definitely once those venues open back up and we can be able to have that moment on the stage and off the stage with, with people, It'll be magical. <laughs> yeah, for real. I'm definitely looking forward to touring this record, hopefully, and like mm-hmm. 
being able to play these songs for people and have a place for them to go to to hear these songs yeah because we've been playing these songs for like two years now like two years these songs wow. have been on rotation with every live show that we've been playing yeah um, it's gonna mark the end of the end of the this beginning chapter for us you know all the songs that we've been playing since the conception of the band will be out on streaming platforms where people can go listen to them and it'll be like an opportunity for us to celebrate that and also you know start playing new songs and like writing new songs and moving yeah, on keep the yeah. creative process going totally mm -hmm. And how do you see you guys kind of growing as a band and as an artist, like collectively, do you see yourselves just throughout this whole process of being in quarantine, just experimenting with new like ideas and sounds? Yeah, I totally see us just like, <laughs> I, I'm already in the mindset of like, let's continue to just try crazy ideas with our music, you know? And whatever crazy ideas relatively means for the Q-Tip bandits, <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> Let's continue to grow and develop the sound and try to push ourselves into a space of discomfort, I guess, mm. you know? And, like, don't get too comfortable, exactly. Yeah, and as, as for, like, growth, there's always that chance, you know? We're always just like, that TikTok video could hit, be huge, <laughs> you know? That, we could get that, we could send that email and all of a sudden be opening for, like, The Strokes or, yeah. like, Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> There's always the chance, but I'm also like in that place of like, I feel grateful that the people who are in this band, I feel like they're very invested, you know, and we are all, we all know that we're putting our energy into something that's worth doing. Mm -hmm. And I am beyond grateful and happy to even just look at our growth and just be like, yeah, you know, 10 years from now, just this steady growth that we're already hitting, we'll, we'll have that huge following that we would have gotten with like going viral on TikTok, you know? But in that, at that point, we'll have people who've loved us since day one. We'll mm -hmm. have people who followed us on this journey where it's like, and I'm grateful either way, <laughs> you know? It's like, I know we're headed towards something. Mm -hmm. How we get there, we'll wait to see how that plays out, but I know we're headed there. And yeah, that, for sure. Claire, yeah. what do you think? Do you feel like the same way? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with what you said of like the people who are in this band now, we're in it for, for the ride, you know, like we're strapped in wherever we're going, we're going together. And um, I think that's a, it's a great feeling to, to know and to, to be in this together, to know that you have people that you can count on. And we're just going to keep trying our best, keep, you know, making music, keep trying to connect to people. And mm -hmm. like Leo said, however we get there, we get there, but that's the goal is to get there and there is now there is, now. <laughs> there is yeah now. you know it's like if I'm not happy playing to the people that that love what we do now if I'm not happy connecting if I'm not happy creating right now it's not gonna make a difference if there's 10,000 people listening to what we're doing versus a hundred yeah you know it, it's just like right now we're already doing it so true and, and then we just keep doing it yeah if I think about to like high school me playing in bands if if I would have known that like I'd be in a band that is where we're at right now in high school, like I would, I would have adored, you know, being in this spot. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, this is great. There's this nothing is, to complain about. Right. Living the dream. Yeah. And the more that I feel like I can embody or we can embody that attitude of like, we're already living the dream. Yeah. Then it's going to keep growing.
Awesome. Yeah. Very yeah. inspirational. I love that. Wow. I thank you guys so much for doing this. Like I love, I love talking to you guys. Like I said, I had to reach out to you after a year. Before we wrap this up though, we have to tell, or you have to tell the story again about how you got the name, the Q-Tip Bandits. Oh my goodness. Which story did we tell you last time? Yeah, no, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> There's multiple stories. Like whatever you think comes to mind or you think is the most entertaining, what you tell other people, you know. <laughs> you know, I'll keep it, I'll keep it with the truth. I'll keep it with the <laughs> That's truth. probably the best way to do it, Leo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I will save the uh, all the skits and all the the fairy tales for uh, social media. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, I in starting this band, you know, like it was the original configuration, what I think of before I even met Claire, you know, this was like my first week at Berkeley. I had all these original songs. I was trying to pull band members together. And there was a cellist in this group and she was looking for names for her string quartet. And like all these names are being thrown out, like Velociraptor, if Infinite Jest, The Foreskins, like just the most ridiculous, no ideas, a bad idea kind of space. I was like, Berkeley sounds like an amazing place to be at. <laughs> it definitely can be. Cool. Yeah. And um, I threw out the name, the Q-Tip Bandits. And she was like, wow, that's great. Not for my project, though, but that's great. Like you hold on to that. And I remember the first show we played, I was introducing us and like introducing the individual band members. And it got to the point where there's this lull and I was just like, and we're the Q-Tip Bandits. And it just kind of stuck. And it just kept on being what I introduced the band as. And over time, it's slowly taken the meaning that, you know, we're just, we're here to clean your ears and to steal your hearts. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of noise out there and there's a time and a place for it but we want to be something that you can listen to and connect to deeply rather mm -hmm. than just dance to to dance to yeah it's like you want the whole package you want it to be meaningful and you want it to be fun totally i think that is the story you told me last time it's coming back to me cool. i think that is <laughs> oh, give or take give or take yeah probably some other details were missing here nor there but for sure sounds about right to me or what i remember <laughs> cool <laughs> But awesome. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Um, why don't you let my listeners know where they can find you, you know, on streaming services, on social media, online, things of that sort? Yeah, we are on all streaming platforms, wherever you get your music. We're there. Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and as for social media... Um, we're at the Q-Tip Bandits on Instagram, no space, uh, no hyphens, no underscores. Um, and we just recently made a TikTok at the Q-Tip Bandits. That's been a whole, nice. it's been a whole pandemic adventure for us. Quarantine yeah. time. Hey, you got to expand your horizons, build those social algorithms. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're on Facebook also under the Q-Tip Bandits and, um, yeah, we're on Bandcamp also. That's where we have most of our merch and our socks and our t-shirts and stickers and pins and such. So, How's that been going, by the way? You guys selling a decent amount? Every once in a while, we take advantage of like the Bandcamp Fridays where they um, we don't need to pay that 15% cut to Bandcamp mm. for our sales. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we take those opportunities to promote our merch. Okay, I gotcha. Uh, but I think without touring, it definitely is 
it takes more effort to sell merch if we're not playing shows and then having the table set up yeah Yeah. so hopefully after (laughs) after all this and you guys go back on the road you'll connect with fans you'll have more music out and you'll sell more socks yeah (laughs) that's the goal that's the big goal totally awesome well thank you guys so much i really appreciate you guys coming on for sure we appreciate you having us it's always a good time justice by justin bieber is out it's justin bieber's sixth studio album it follows his 2020 album changes has 16 tracks with some big hits that came out beforehand including holy lonely hold on he's got a bunch of guest appearances on there and this was an album according to justin and his team that came to him pretty quickly throughout quarantine and throughout the coronavirus pandemic and being forced to kind of just do what artists do is curate and really work on their music The interesting component about this album was that he said he kind of wanted to change his direction from changes. And I have my lovely friend Jackie here to talk about the new album from Justin Bieber and kind of how it's a little bit different from changes, right, Jackie? Like we kind of talked a little bit before doing this about how changes was an album that Justin Bieber was really trying to create as an R&B album. But Justice, he kind of took a different direction. Yeah, I would say with Justice, he kind of went back to classic Bieber sound, but it's more of an adult version of it, especially compared to Changes, which that was his, I would say, trying to break into R&B album, but not quite hitting the mark yet, but he was getting there. But then he just went back to what he knows and just excelled on it. I think it was a really good album for him and definitely I can tell that a lot of the songs are based off his lovely wife Haley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some of the themes on the album that you kind of pick up as you listen to it is like what Jackie just mentioned about his wife expressing his deeper emotions and thoughts and feelings maybe throughout quarantine who knows maybe throughout his life in general but a lot of the content on the album too kind of talks about Justin going through his career as a whole and kind of growing up and maturing because he obviously was involved in the music industry so young. So I feel like a big theme on the album is him looking back at his career and especially his childhood and saying, you know, this is what I've learned. This is what I'm at now. This is who I am. Yeah, I would say that's the two main themes. That's the second one, because of course, you see all the songs and you think, oh, Haley, but then when you listen to the lyrics more, you hear, especially Lonely, you really mm-hmm. get to hear about what his experience was like growing up so young. He started in this industry at like 2009, so almost 12 years of his life now. So it's how the industry has affected him has been a big impact to some of the certain circumstances we've seen in the news especially the last few years some of the not so uh nice articles and that and instances that he's been involved in but he's shown that he has grown he's maturing and he's moving on with his life but showing how those are still relevant and should be pointed out I feel like from listening to it, it's almost like a coming of age album in a way because he is still Mm -hmm. relatively young, like he's 27. So he's still kind of figuring things out for himself. Yeah, I would say it's his second album where he's really shown who he is as an artist. I would say the first one is Purpose because that was the first album he truly wrote all by himself compared to when he was younger, where he had a lot of writers for him and he dabbled in some songwriting, but Purpose was the 
first album where he really dove into his feelings and what he wanted to promote as an artist. And then this album is just him growing and him also like reflecting back on the past as well. And actually people of his team have mentioned that, like I have a quote from Josh Goodwin, who's a longtime producer engineer and someone who's worked with Bieber for so long. And he was saying like Bieber has really been like the driving force and he has been paying a lot more attention to like the finer details of the album, including the mixing, the songwriting. And I think you kind of get that in this album, Justice. Jackie, how would you say you've seen Justin kind of grow throughout his career? Because obviously I know you're a huge Justin fan. You've been following from the start. So tell us a little bit about your Justin Bieber fan experience and how you think he's kind of progressed. Yes, I have been a fan since the big swoop days. So I've been in, have been following his career for a very long time. And it went from cookie cutter factory pop teen sensation in a sense that the industry formed, which of course, you know, changed his life forever. But he went from that, then he had some time of struggling because, you know, the fame and all the things that come with that kind of hit him all at once. And he made some not so good decisions, which during that time, as a fan, I personally took a step back, especially when I went to see him. It was my very first time seeing him in concert because he's so popular. It's hard to get tickets to his concert. Yep. So I saw his, his first concert is his belief toward 2013 and that was the time where justin kind of just was like shunning out a lot and not totally appreciating the position he was in like of course he still went on and did things but he was starting to act out like not wanting to continue shows when fans did certain things in the audience or just he was acting very temperamental i would say mm -hmm. was a very good part so that kind of deterred a lot of fans including myself for a little while it was just like okay, you know, still have loves for the Biebs, still got Bieber fever, but, you know, kind of taking a step back. But then when, like I was saying, Purpose was the album where he truly started to change as an artist and grow himself and get away from that industry mold that he was in is when I also personally was going back to him and be like, okay, he actually has good songs because the album before that was kind of, I would say his worst mm. album. <laughs> yeah, that one was Journals. Yeah, Journals was, it just seemed like it was an album that just wanted profits to me. But when Purpose came out, you could tell that he was really put his heart and soul into that at the time. And that kind of brought me back into the Bieber fever sensation. The universe. Yep. The universe. Yes, that. And he still was acting out a little bit at that age where I was like, oh, you know, he's growing on me. And then when he brought up changes, it was a total different sound, which I was like, oh, this is intriguing. It's something different. And tried to be the R&B, still had classic Bieber in it, which, you know, couldn't complain. It was a really great album. I thought it was very unique compared to all the other ones that he had. Mm -hmm. And then present day with Justice, when I listened to it, it reminded me of the Believe album because he did some songwriting on that one. But this one, of course, was like truly his own. He was able to make his own messages. And what I thought was like an interesting point going back to his wife Haley he had like a true inspiration to write these songs about mm -hmm. where back in the day especially his first few albums like yes it's about girls and like teen heartthrob songs but he totally didn't have someone to back up those words and those feelings especially also of course not a lot of the songs he wrote himself but this time you could tell that it was came from a deep place of where he truly cares about someone for me that came across very well and it made more of like a sentimental but it still had that true justin bieber pop sound 
And I like that you mentioned that component of making a profit or trying to make a profit with mm -hmm. Justin Bieber and his music because he is arguably the biggest artist at Def Jam, which is his record label and Universal. Mm -hmm. They invest so much, <laughs> so much into his projects and to him. And Justice was really an album you can tell that wasn't really made for that profit. It was really made for him. Like this is what he was trying to accomplish. And he actually was quoted in this Billboard cover story that they ran saying, I think this is the first time in my life where I've actually enjoyed the process of releasing an album. Before talking about the past, he was saying everything was about success, benchmarks, blah, 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 blah. And he was feeling that emptiness. And now he's kind of putting it all into this album. And I feel like, like you mentioned, his marriage is probably a huge thing that's filling that. Like he's putting yeah. all of these experiences into this album in a very heartfelt and personable way. And for me listening to the album, I don't think it's the greatest album. I do think it's what Justin Bieber does best is creating like really good pop music, but it's arguably his best album yet because of all these personal components that mm -hmm. we just discussed. This one definitely has a lot of songs where they just hit you and like for people different ways. And my personal favorite song is Ghost. And whoever the song is written about, because there's a lot of fan theories of exactly who the song's written about. But I think it's just when you listen to those lyrics, like it moved me personally in a way where I just, I was like, this song is great. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of my, now in my realm of top favorite Bieber songs. Mm -hmm. Not sure which one my total favorite. I'll say that because, you know, there's too many. There's so many. Yeah, <laughs> he has so a really many. extensive catalog. And I'm mm -hmm. glad you mentioned that point about touching people because he put out a statement on social media talking about putting out an album during a time where a lot of people are suffering with the pandemic and mm -hmm. social isolation and just everything else that's been going on in the past year. Like it's been a very heavy year. And he said this was like his part of creating music or doing something to help people kind of heal or to feel something again. And Jackie, you kind of touched upon that perfectly. Like you said, Ghost was something that made you feel something particular listening to the album. Were there any other songs in the album that like kind of stood out to you? I would say Unstable. Those lyrics hit me in a certain way. Oh, and then um, the song Die For You. Those for me hit like a certain way because you could truly tell like he meant those words and wasn't just reading a song sheet that someone wrote for him or that he kind of wrote himself or had some input into it. Like he had it all by himself, especially because now we're, the environment that we're in, we are, you know, in these little bubbles. So like you had pointed out, he was able to truly just sit down and give himself to the words. And then these words are turned into songs. And then the songs, you know, affect millions of people. I like that one too. That was kind of where the album took a shift because before that, like it was a little bit more like softer and a little bit more melodic. Like when Die For You comes, the album kind of shifts to a more like poppy, like dancey mm -hmm. type ordeal. And yeah, <laughs> Die For You is a good one. I liked kind of all those songs following that. Like it was Die For You, There's Hold On, Ghost is also on there. The song Peaches, which he also put out a little bit before. Mm -hmm. And that song has like Daniel Caesar and Giveon. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, but we're just going to say Giveon. And it's funny because when I read the Billboard story, the person writing it, said that people like at Billboard anticipate Peaches being like a huge wedding song post COVID. I think it's cute, but I don't know if I would like go that far. Maybe a lot of people in Georgia. <laughs> Maybe, but I don't know. I don't see it totally being a wedding song. I could actually see a good number of the songs maybe being like first dance songs, but it was a really good song. I like, cause it had a little bit of like a 
reggae type feel like you know like chilling like you could just like go on a drive like and you know if you're in a certain location you know drive down pacific coast highway that that's what that song kind of just feels like that nice vibe very islandy yes very islandy very tropical feeling yeah and he had a lot of other guest appearances on this album as well were there any that stood out to you in particular because he did have a lot like holy was another big single that he put out before with chance the rapper that song really picked up it was very like gospel and i really liked chance's verse I wasn't like a huge fan of the song, but then when I listened to the whole thing and I heard Chance's rap, I like really liked it because I think he kind of took control of the whole song for me and like the message. Yeah, I was going to say Holy out of the features that he had or the collaborations was the most impactful, I would say, and very different because the whole vibe of the song was gospel, which he's had a couple songs sound like gospel, like the song Believe is very gospel sounding. But this one just was gospel and different because Chance the Rapper was in it. Mm-hmm. So it blended those two genres together nicely. And it was a beautiful song. I would say the other collaboration w- with Lonely is Benny Blanco. Even though Benny's not really singing, it's Justin singing in it. But that collaboration and that song in general, it's beautiful. Because you get to truly hear, like we were talking about earlier, his experience of everything in the industry and as a kid and then if like you watch the music video you get to see a kid going through what he would be doing like backstage and then going on the stage and you listen to the words and you think oh yeah he went through a lot at this age and then when it turns to him just being in the audience I'll be honest I almost shed a tear because I was just like the man that just hits you because as a fan too who's like been watching him throughout all this it's gonna touch you I'll be honest, during those rough few years when he was uh, acting out, it was hard as a fan, I would say, and I bet many other fans would agree with me just because it's like, oh, come on, you know, he's a good person. Like, like you could see he was a good kid and he came. And if you look at his background, he came from you know small town in Canada, like lived with his mom and lived with his grandparents as a kid and came from a town where he had a bunch of friends, you know, grew up loving hockey. <laughs> you know, yeah. just playing hockey and Typical playing the Canada drums. things. Yes, definitely. And he just he can't, he was a good guy. And just when the industry kind of overtook him, I would say it was sad to see because you know, like this is not who he really is. And then when he started growing past that phase, and now where he is today, and like he's happily married, I think it's great to see him like growing from all of that. What did you think about Lonely being the last song in the album? I think it was very impactful because throughout the whole album, you get to hear his experience through life. And then that was very clarifying to see mm-hmm. his experience because it's just so raw of a song. Like there's no big beats behind it, no, no big gospel sounds or anything. It's just him and piano, maybe a couple other instruments, and that's it. It's not that this big overwhelming song, but in musically, but lyrically, it's very overwhelming in a good way. It's a very moving song. And before that, his song, Anyone, I think was actually mine, at least out of the bigger singles he put out, because it was like kind of that exclamation point on the album Mm -hmm. where he's really talking about finding salvation in someone and saying, looking back, you're the only good thing I've ever done. Like, we all know that's 
most likely about his wife yeah (laughs) you know and i think like his voice too on that song is probably one of the better examples of him like singing and i'm gonna be completely transparent i don't know what it is i don't love his voice i'll take criticism as it comes so please (laughs) let me have it but anyone was one of those songs that stood out to me and like i said it was kind of like the exclamation point and then lonely was like the dot 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 like there's more i would say yeah exclamation point it's actually really good description of it because it's this like big boom of a song and it does show his voice off very well because he can hit those high notes still which I know a lot of fans were concerned once he was getting older from the very like before puberty hit teen popper (laughs) and then when that happened but it was very like you said exclamating of a song and it kind of reminded me of what he would sing at a concert as an encore you know when those fans are like waiting Mm. for those like few minutes they're like, is he going to come back out? I hope he comes back out. He better come back out. Like that song. And then it's just like, boom, anyone, yeah. you know? And then yeah. Lonely, yeah, like you said, it's kind of like a dot, dot, dot after, but it's like the perfect dot, dot, dot after to end the album. And I think like the tracks flowed really well, like listening to the album. I was kind of like going from one to another saying, I like what I'm hearing. Like, I like how he transitioned, you know, the first three tracks, Too Much, Deserve You, As I Am with Khalid. And then the song Off My Face, which is a little bit different from As I Am. As I Am was kind of like a little bit more funky and like off key. Mm-hmm. I also thought that it was it would probably sound better just as a Khalid song. That's because I'm biased because I love Khalid so much. And Off My Face came and I was like, this ties in really well. So I think he did a really good job at structuring the album, too, and making it sound like a cohesive project. Because I think that's the hardest thing to do when you're putting an album together just in general listening to albums I think a key thing is to have that flow throughout the entire album which I know nowadays a lot of people on Spotify just you know play the album and it'll play randomly but like true fans should always just I would say listen to the album from start to finish always in the order and especially because one note which I was it shocked me that I was like oh I didn't expect this to be in there was the Martin Luther King interlude Mm -hmm. which I thought just it fit well Because it went right into the next song and it was just like, oh, these lyrics. But it was very nice how everything just flowed. And it's like a good up and down of feelings, especially Mm -hmm. like the last one, you know, you're up high and then you're just very calm. And kind of mentioning that Martin Luther interlude, Justin put out a statement too about this album being a cause to justice itself obviously kind of alluding at Black Lives Matter and racial injustices and any form of injustices. And he put out a statement saying that he's partnering with some organizations that try to bring recognition to injustices and supporting people through finding resolutions and means to support themselves. But I felt like that wasn't really as much of a focus on the album as I thought it would be. Like, Mm -hmm. given the title and given that statement... I kind of thought there was going to be a little bit more on there with like justice and helping serve people. And like he is serving people in a way by putting music out that's like his own personal life. And it's going to touch people like Jackie and other people that feel something personal to him. But that's kind of where it fell a little bit short to me. Like I kind of thought there was going to be more of that component. As we've mentioned, it's a good album and that flows so well. But some of these songs, I think, got a little bit redundant in terms of the themes and the concepts that were being said. I agree with pretty much everything you just said, because when I heard Justice, I thought it was going to 
reflect on many of the different events that have happened in this past year and especially with the Martin Luther King interlude and I think the very first song had a little snippet of Martin Luther King quote in there as well so I thought this would be a big theme in the album which I didn't truly see besides those couple of instances but maybe that's what he was getting at like serving these songs up to us but I didn't truly see what probably a lot of people as well thought justice was gonna be about but overall like the flow of the albums was pretty great and there's one thing I want to ask you directly because we've obviously danced around the topic the whole time how do you think an artist like Justin Bieber who has so much success and has his label behind him investing so much in him walk that line of being sincere in his music and putting out stuff that satisfies his personal goals but also brings in like revenue. And how do you think an artist like Justin Bieber, you know, accomplishes that? Or does he accomplish that? I think he's now accomplishing that because I'm going to go back to points when I kind of went through the whole timeline of me as a fan and his albums and stuff. So when journals came out, that truly just felt like it was just for profit. I personally don't think there was truly any feelings behind any of those songs. A lot of them, I'll be honest, I don't quite remember. But then when he was working on purpose and when that album came out, you could tell he was being honest. I think that's a big thing that artists need to do. They just be honest with what they're going through or like certain event in their life is affecting them, like saying, hey, I could write a song about this. And I think that's when an artist can stay true to themselves and writing songs to further their career personally, but then also making profit as well because it will be so relatable to a bunch of people out there. Jackie, thank you so much. I really appreciate you talking about Justice by Justin Bieber. Thank you very much for having me. Dance with me under the diamonds See me like breath in the cold And that's the Rotated Review. Want to join me for the next review? Send in your suggestions to the on rotation podcast at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter at the on rotation or Instagram at on rotation podcast. Make sure you hit that follow button while you're at it. To read this review fully, see my blog, or listen to past episodes, log on to onrotationpodcast.wordpress.com. And now it's time to take a look at what popped this week in news. On March 29th, internationally recognized band BTS released a statement in regards to the Stop Asian Crime movement. The Korean group opened up about their own experiences by saying, We recall moments when we faced discrimination as Asians. We have endured expletives without reason and were mocked for the way we look. The statement concluded with, We all have the right to be respected and we will stand together. Nike has won a temporary restraining order against rapper Lil Nas's Satan shoes that appeared in the video for his latest single, Montero. The modified Air Max 97 sneakers were a collaboration between Nas and the Brooklyn collective known as Mischief. The judge ruled in favor of Nike Thursday morning following the company's claim that the exposure caused damage with thousands of people on social media. And Ariana Grande is replacing Nick Jonas as the fourth coach on the 21st season of NBC's The Voice. The singer will be competing against vets Blake Shelton, John Legend, and Kelly Clarkson. 
It is projected that Grande will be paid between $20 and $25 million to appear on the singing competition. And that's going to do it for this episode. Feel free to tune in next time when we rotate through a whole new slew of topics. Keep it real, y'all. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.